Greetings, everybody. How are you going? It is Barrel Set Podcast here. Nami with you as usual. Now, we've had a, a very special interview from T-Bone that's come through via the internet, the interwebs this week, and it is with Indo icon Thornton Philander. Now, you may remember him from the 80s, I guess. Uh, he featured in a whole bunch of different movies, especially sort of focused in Indonesia. He's been shaping forever. He's still shaping today, making some incredible boards. Torrent has a good chat with him. Uh, I used to actually uh, surf with him quite a bit back in the day on the Goldie. And, um, yeah, good friends. They haven't spoken for a while, but they managed to catch up via Zoom. Had a good chat. Hope you enjoy. Plenty of stories. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next time on Barrel Surf Podcast. This is Thornton Philander. Thornton, uh, thanks for your time, mate. It's been a while since we've last talked. Probably the last time I, I saw you was probably at your home in possibly the Gold Coast or, or Angari. So um, since we can't talk in person, um, we're over the over the phone. So I'm going to crack a beer. So uh, how you been, mate? Yeah, very good. Very good. And how have you been dealing with the new normal life of all these, of the coronavirus social restrictions? Well, fair enough. It's the it's the right question to ask. Um, where I am at Angari, life hasn't. Uh, it's been the same. It's, it's a little bit different in the supermarkets, but the bloody tourists are still coming here. And there was a couple of freakouts in the car park the other day. And uh, you know, if the surf gets good, it's going to get real tense. Yeah, really, because so, uh, over in WA, our Premier have stopped people from travelling to different regions of the state. Um, if if you do travel, let's say for the people in Perth that want to come and visit the, the southwest where, where we are, where I am, um, you're not allowed to. So uh, they haven't enforced that in uh, New South Wales by the sounds of it. No, not as yet, but I, I can see it happening in the near future, even if it's not, you know, by Easter. I'm more worried Easter that tourists come and do Airbnb and it's, um, hot, you know, business as usual. I think they should stay at home, like the Prime Minister said, but do they listen? Because we've got Byron Bay up the road, we've got um, costs down the road and we've got a lot of people travelling, um, backpackers and stuff, and they're not, they've stopped the hostels and they're camping in their vans. Uh, I don't want to sound negative, but it's what it is and... It's, uh, there's a lot of them out there. No, exactly, mate. No, it's it, it's for the better, right? Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully people will will, uh, will listen to the government. Um, I know WA has actually closed its borders first time in history. But, yeah, enough of that, mate. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about, um, yeah, just surfing in general. Uh, how have the waves been anyway over, over in Angari? We've had some fun. It hasn't been epic. We've had one day, oh yeah, last Thursday was very good, but uh, we haven't had a swell where, you know, we've had perfect waves for a week and good winds, but that doesn't seem to happen in the modern world, And have you... uh, even though it used to happen in the past. <laughs> what is it? So when was your last surf? Oh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, okay. And um, so tell me, mate, uh, what boards are you riding at the moment? Oh, we call them HDMs, heavily disguised males. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got a channel bottom. It's seven foot, 21 wide. Wow. So you're still getting into the shaping bay? Yep, yep. Still in the shaping bay. Yeah, and so what sort of boards have you been shaping of late? What do people want to ride these days? Um, I'll do whatever they want, males, guns anything i've been doing it for that long that um over 34 i think 38 years or something you get uh, over that period um you end up shaping everything so uh lately uh i did a few channel bottoms and i've done a few smaller ones just smaller wave boards i've five eleven yeah i've still got a 610 and a 72 you shaped for me many moons ago um, it's funny when you say 5'11". I mean, I'm six foot, about 90, 90 kilos now, and uh, I've been riding probably the last few years, probably 5'10s, 5'11s, 6'0s. They are short, but they're heavily beefed up. So the, uh, ha okay. how have you found, the, the, I guess, the, the surf 
board evolution over the years that sort of seems to well, change a little bit. Now's an interesting, you know, now in the last five years, uh, anything goes, it's actually been good for the industry. Uh, you know, single fins are back, everything's back. Um, yeah, so if it works, great. So it's not, you know, I mean, 15 years ago, everything had to have a, 20 years ago, a super bent nose and was narrow as, you know, 18 three quarters, uh, 18 and a half, 18, or you couldn't sell a board. Mm. Um, but now, now you can, you can be quite free, uh, artistic. You can do, you know, people will accept a board that's wider than they think they should ride or, uh, and they usually, in, and that's what they should be riding. Still a lot of people, but the fashion at the moment is people are riding two shorter boards. Yeah. Just like you mentioned. Being yeah, true. Tyrone. True, mate, true. Um, so tell me, how did you actually get into shaping surfboards? Um, good question. I started when I was a kid, I think 16, 7, 17, maybe yep. 18, 17. It's a long time ago. And I got a job with Dick Van Stroll and I did a couple of days in the shop and a couple of days in the factory. And that's where I started. Then, uh, and I didn't really do any shaping. I started buffing and doing some other things um, until I was a couple of years later. Yep. Um, and I started with Rod Delberg, or he showed me the ropes, basically. And then I went to Japan and did the numbers. Yep, classic. So Dick Van Stralen, what type of boards was he shaping back then i take it they were single fins yeah they're all single fins the thruster hadn't been invented not yet not yet so yes. speaking of thrusters so during your time um surfing and shaping boards so you would have gone through the singles the twins and the thrusters yes yeah do you have any um do you remember what your first single fin was huh well, here's a story. My first board, my father went to the auctions in Southport and he didn't have a clue what boards were. This is in the six, in the late 60s, <laughs> 69, maybe 68, 69. Mm -hmm. And uh, he bought a board. It looked like it was a three-stringer. To be honest, I, I wished I had it today. It was a belly board, I think. It was yeah. a twin fin, twin keel fin. It, it was a... Whatever it was, it was special because you don't see them now and you didn't see them then. Yeah. So it really started me on a journey. So it had a round mal nose yeah. and quite a square tail. It was taller than me, but it was probably five foot long. You know, yeah. I wasn't very tall. It was probably five foot two. God knows how tall I was. Um, yeah, so a lot of people, I'd started standing up on it. Mm -hmm. And... They go, no, that's a kneeboard. You've got to ride a kneeboard. So I started riding as a kneeboard. Then right. The next board, my first board was a kneeboard. Oh, right. Don't tell anyone. No. So you said a belly board. So you meant a, knee, a kneeboard? Well, that was a transition period where people just did ride us. It was like a surfboard. They just rode them on their bellies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with a so wing cool. keel fin. No, 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 not no keel, semi-keel. Oh, keel, yeah, gotcha. Keel fin. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was interesting. Then, God, I... And what? then they all said, stand up, stand up. You know, I'm pretty young, probably yeah. 10 or 11. Yeah. Stand up. Uh, so I started standing up. Yeah, close. And uh, then, then I got some stand-up boards. I really liked a board. It was a Ken Custom. Mm -hmm. My mate had it, mm -hmm. but it wasn't his. It was a few he, he had a collection people would leave them with him and they'd travel away yeah and uh i played cards with him okay and um i'm not really a gambler but yep. he you know after six months and i was riding the board every day and i loved it mm -hmm. and i said oh i want that board and uh he's going no no you can't have it <laughs> so um he's gone all right well We'll play for another month. We played another month and the bill, I think, I don't know if it was 30 bucks or 50 bucks. And um, he's gone, oh, well, cut the deck for it. So I cut the deck and I won. He's gone, you've got to cut it again. He's going, all right, I'll cut it again. I'm not going to, you know, this is, 
if I can't, won't keep cutting and it's not possible, I'm going to win. So yeah. one more time, this is my introduction to gambling. <laughs> so I cut it and I won. I grabbed oh, it. Two cuts. And I traded it in. I shouldn't have. I bought into Brothers Nielsen so he couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. So I, I guess you had to do anything to get a board. Um, can you... Uh, well, good old days. Yeah, it was. So growing up as a kid, did you, so you grew up on the Gold Coast or you you born yeah. bred there? I was born in Portland, Victoria, and my parents moved up in the 60s for yeah. my mum's health. Great. So I went through primary school in Surface yeah. Paradise. Yeah. So what are the, some of the places that you uh, used to surf at as a grommet, young grommet uh, on the Gold Coast? What were some of the early, early places? I was lucky. I think in about 72, I started going to Queensland titles. Mm-hmm. So they'd have them down the coast. might have been Gold oh, I can't even remember how it worked. might have been Gold Coast and then the Sunshine Coast. They had three rounds of the Gold Coast and three rounds of state titles. Or, and Sunshine Coast had three rounds. If my memory serves me correct, I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. So how so old, go down how the old were you then? You were just a young uh, junior? I would have been 12. Mm. So that started me off going down the coast, even though we went down the coast before that, but I was you know, going down for the contest. So which sometimes we would get good waves and you're starting to meet the surfers, even though I was very young and clueless. Um <laughs> But you, yeah, you start to meet. Oh, you had guys like MP and yeah, all sorts of guys that um, they were very intimidating. Yeah, I bet. So you started surfing competitively really young then. Very young. So yeah. I was over it by the time I was about eighteen. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah. Fair enough. So, so as a grommer, what? Who were some of your early influences? I would have to say Peter Druin. Yeah. Okay. Now, Interesting Peter's character, a very in- dynamic person, interesting character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he used to when I was about 15 or 16, he sponsored me before Dick Van Stroll and and um, he used to take me down the coast surfing every Arvo yeah. for a year or two, you know, if he was in town. Yeah, so I was very fortunate. So we'd surf Kira, I remember surfing Kira in I don't know, 75 or six, the little groin, yeah, um, for a month straight, nearly every day. What was it like back then? Oh, it was hardly on out. It's unbelievable. It was great fun. <laughs> oh. um, and Peter Druin, um, he's a, yeah, I just, we actually just recently spoke about Peter Druin on one of our podcasts. Um, we spoke about he, he was instrumental in, uh, in devising the man on man heats. Um, Correct. I was there when he was doing it. Yeah, class. Um, you know, I used to speak into a little dictation machine. Um, yeah, and all his thoughts, or you know, he's he's a clever guy, yeah, he was, and um, yeah, he was ahead of his time, or he certainly the man on man, the the format, the yeah, he was the first one to to put it out there, yeah. So, you mentioned surfing, um, uh, Kira, uh, for a month straight, um, MP was out, out there during that time, mate? you mentioned, I don't know where those guys were didn't see him out there sometimes you'd see him yep. later on i'd see him a lot more years later or a couple of years later um no i cr- would surf burley would surf whatever yeah uh, i just remember that one period every arvo it was exciting yeah and how was the the board rider scene growing up i know i know that you were a part of the north end board riders is that right yeah before that i was part of wind and sea which was pretty good they were based in surface yeah um, and then moved on to North End Board Riders. So was it a pretty big big scene at the Board Riders? Because, I mean, it currently is now. Uh, I don't know if you you know, but, yeah, uh, they they battle out um, all the different Australian it was, clubs. Tyron, it, it was quite a different scene. It was more interclub. It was just, when I say interclub, in your club, um, you'd have your contests and every every six months you might, surf against another club yeah then when north end come on it started but it was getting more competitive and mm-hmm. then they were doing a lot more contests yeah but they were a much smaller operation then it was just a group of local guys yeah gotcha yeah hey, so you, know, you mentioned about peter druin um i know uh during the late 70s 80s you had the stubby surf contest which was a pretty iconic contest um that was held at Burley, is that right? 
Correct. Yeah. Yes. And the first year they had it, they had incredibly good waves. Yep. Did were you were you in it? Did you enter any of those stubby events? I I did. I'm not sh- no no. A year or two later, might have been '79. I got in the finals. And Did the, you? And the year after that, in the finals, or in the top 16, I think, the 32. Yeah, in the, yeah, okay. Can you remember any heats that you had? Like, was it was there anyone that you wanted to really beat competitively or, or, or was there? Oh, I never really looked at it like that. Yeah. You want to get to the end and win it. Yeah. Or you wouldn't be going in it. Well, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember knocking out Richard Cram uh, to get into the main event. One year, it was about a foot. Um, <laughs> poor old Richard. One of us had to go. He's quite a big, um, big fella, isn't he? Uh, yeah. And then I think um, it might have been Hans Hinderman, but I think it was um, I surfed against, oh, I can't remember, he's offsider, big guy. Um, Where's, oh, not Wes Lane, that's probably two. Yeah, I'm sorry, I won't bog down. I don't move yeah. on. No, that's all right. Um, yeah, hands might have beaten me one time, and then uh, I just can't even think of his name. I'll yeah. think of it later. So, how far did you make it into the stubbies? Did you actually make the actual final? Was it man on man? Yeah, no, I made made the main event or whatever. Oh, I never it. got out of the yeah, the like the top sixteen. You surf against the top sixteen. Yeah, the uh, format was a bit different then. Yeah, I gotcha. So you sort of had a trials, and then you got into the main you event against through. the top guys. Correct. I see 79. I just had a quick look before. I said 79 MR1. It's a, a while ago now. So, uh, yeah. And um, I, I was watching a, a clip of the Stubbies, and one thing they did mention was there was nothing like the party scene when the Stubbies was on the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, that's probably true. <laughs> um, well, you know, the playroom was open, and that, that was. And the place was quite different then. It, it really was a a town full of young people and they were all going for it and they had money. Yeah. yeah. It, and it was a growing town. I mean, look at what it is now. Yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, yeah. No, no, look, it was there were good times. More about the surf. Jesus, the surf was good sometimes. I yeah, remember but... everyone had to mow the lawn when it was six to eight feet and smoking. <laughs> so I'd be trapped. Sometimes I'd be trapped down there because I didn't have a license. Yeah, I used to hit, here's one. I used to hitchhike down the coast from mm-hmm. surface to Burley, or mm-hmm. usually to Burley. I remember waiting on the highway heaps of times for two hours or so for a car to go past with board racks or yeah. boards, mm-hmm. and um, two hours for a car to come past, and it's the Pacific Highway. Oh wow! Because that used to go through surface from Brisbane. Yeah. Um, so it was a different world. Yeah, I bet. I would have loved to have been a part of that time. So so you sort of lived in surfers and then sort of travelled down the coast. When you say travel down the coast, you mean down to Burley and, and Kira. And... Burley and, yeah, we used to call it down the coast. Yeah. The road system was a little bit different then. But, you know, it still takes the same. <clears throat> we didn't have as many traffic lights that wound around different spots and there was a few places where it there were traffic jams. Yeah. But now you've got that many lights, it probably possibly takes you longer. So um, who's the best surfer to surf Burley, apart from yourself, mate? I think Joey was a great surfer out there. Yeah. Joey Ingle. Joey Ingle, yeah. Who's sadly not with us anymore. Passed away, I think, about 10 or 11 years yeah. ago. I was, was – sorry, go ahead, mate. Yeah, no, he was fantastic. You used to hang around with him a fair bit as, as, as a young, young strapper? Yeah. Yeah, no, we used to travel quite a lot. Uh, we've done a lot of travel together to Hawaii, to, or we'd meet up on our travels, Bali. Yep. And Nias. Yeah, classic. I, I did actually read something just recently. Um, yourself and Joe, you were originally sponsored by Billabong, is that right? Correct. And you, and uh, so Gordon Merchant was obviously the, the owner of Billabong back then. Um, you yep. guys convinced Gordon to send you both to Indo? Is that right? To Indo. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just what I read. Maybe it wasn't. wasn't yeah. Well, what... I'll, I'll 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 put it on the slate. So it's <laughs> correct. Yeah. Um, Joe was um, asked to do a movie with Jack Hool. Mm-hmm. Dick. I mean, um, Jack McCoy and Dick Hool. Mm-hmm. 
and you know they were the movie makers and uh it wasn't the days of now where you got videos and yeah. your phone takes them so it was a really big deal mm-hmm. there was probably one movie came out every one or two years yeah. on in the world is very few movies it was so expensive to make them. Yeah. so we uh not we well joe was asked to do that and Joe somehow got me in there. Thank you very much, Joe. Oh, excellent. And uh, we were asked to go to Bali with them. Mm-hmm. Was that now, your first trip? No. No, no okay. I'd been there before. I'd actually yep. been up there all year, to tell you the truth. Yep. Um, now, yeah, as for Gordon Payne, well, we had to talk him into it. That's not the case. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, good. I, he might have paid them money for a ticket at the time they were going, and I sh- we should have listened. Yeah. Go with Quicksilver. Go with Rip Curl. Mm-hmm. They're our sponsors doing the movie, not Gordon. Because mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years later, you know, could never. Gordon was t shirts and board shorts. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, uh, yeah, when Oki came along, we were gone. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Gordon still in Nan Gary? He's, yeah, no, he's got a house here and a house up the coast. No, he's got houses all over the place. But uh, yeah, no, he was here yesterday. I saw him. Yeah, classic. So that that first that trip up with Joe you mentioned before. So that was for the film of the Storm Riders classic surf flick, huh? Yes. So um, that was the '79, and we filmed the Padang parts of it. Yeah. So okay, classic. So you surfed Padang and Ulus during that time. So you'd already surfed yeah. it. Was that Joe's first time to Bali at, at that stage? I think so. Yeah. I'd been up there all year. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. And just just your first trip to Bali, mate, what year was that? 78. 78. And did you go up by yourself or you went up with anyone else? Went up with a mate of mine, Scott Skinner, mm-hmm. but we went with Dick Van Stroll and Dick was going and, you know, it was the dream. And I was working for him and I asked him, uh, if I could go, and uh, he was very kind and let me go. I wouldn't go with some 17-year-old. <laughs> he's, yeah, well, maybe I would, but, yeah, we, we didn't stay with him. We stayed in a separate place. Yeah. Um, I remember going, well, why can't I stay here with you guys? No, no, you've got to stay over there. Go stay over there, Gromit. <laughs> yeah, and so where, that was all good. Where was the first place you surfed? Was it Ulus? Kuta Reef. Kuta Reef. Back then, everyone surfed Kuta Reef. Right. Very few people surfed Ulu. What, why is that? Well, it was the unknown and Kuta yeah. Reef was the spot. And yeah. Kuta Reef's a damn good wave, may I say. Mm-hmm. That's, I think I've surfed it once. It's, it's a left, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And when you and so there was other people surfing when you got over there? Other Aussies in the water? Yeah, no, I had some friends. Well, there was quite a few Gold Coast older guys over there, so I knew knew them. So there was a group of people I knew. We also went to Lomboggan, mm-hmm. uh, and we actually went to Lombok oh, that like, year. Jeez, you make it Desert Point? No, well, it wasn't really discovered. Yeah. But they were telling us there's a wave on the end over there. Well, where the fuck's the end? <laughs> <laughs> I was over it. Yeah. And, and when did you make it down to the book at the Surf Ulus for the first time? Good question. I uh, I don't know. I was surfing Kuta Reef all the time. I'd probably been surfing Kuta for a month before I went out to Ulu. Yeah. We all knew about Ulu, but truly was not, we went out there and we were the only ones there. And then I started, when I started going out there, um, there was hardly, there was no one there. It wasn't, wasn't what you think. Yeah. And we were also surfing the airport rights. Yeah. And they were good. And we just, we surf, were surfing a lot on our own. Yeah. When you're getting good ways on your own, is probably yeah you probably don't think about looking elsewhere because you're by yourself and you're surfing good ways. There's no uh, desire to search yeah. search elsewhere. Yeah, no, that's right. Why do you <laughs> why do you you blow it? By, you never leave good waves. Never leave good waves. <laughs> I going back to the contest scene. Uh, did you ever go on the Om Bali contest? I did. I wished I'd gone up there the first year, but uh, and I had been. My plan was, and I was up there later, but they had it a bit earlier. I didn't have enough money, 
yeah. I wasn't a sponsored surfer, even though I was um, right up there. So I had to pay for everything myself. So I had to do a bit more work, sadly. A bit, <laughs> bit more mowing the lawn? Oh, yeah, and no, I turned myself into a painter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, as long as it p- paid the bills. It paid the bills. Yeah, that Thank inaug- you very much, Neil McKinley. Yeah. Tell me if this is right. The inaugural year of that on Bali contest was won by Terry Fitzgerald. I think I, I watched a wave that they, yeah, were, they yeah. were calling it was an epic wave. And the following year, um, Terry Richardson and uh, Jim Banks. I think Jim Banks won that year. Yes. But it, was, it was only two years, I think, they had it. Might yeah. have been three. It was two. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, Fitzy won that first one. Fuck, I wished I'd gone that year because it had good waves. It looked I good. Loved that it looked good. So, yeah, so tell me about early. What are some of your best surfs out there? How, how do you like the wave? Um, I, I would class outside corner as one of the best lefts in the world. When it gets big, I've seen footage of it. When it gets big, it's insane. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. On the right conditions, and it might only happen. Might only some years. It's probably only good two or, two or three times. Mm-hmm. But some years, every two weeks, uh, and not every two every month, uh, you'll get a couple of days, and it's a it's it's an incredible left. So outside corner. So if you go a little bit further up, is it the bommy? I was sort of trying to remember this, the different sections of Look, that. Look, I don't want to give away the secrets because everyone doesn't know where the outside corner is. Yeah. But where racetrack is. Yeah. You know, you surf racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. Straight out from that, when you see those, when it's got to be low tide and big, mm. and that's the outside corner. So the actual outside corner's inside. Right. There you go. Trade, so trade secret. Yeah. Well. They know now. <laughs> no, I know it's it's the most well known place in the world. I by surfed far. that for years by myself for years. Well, now, well, I I saw a clip uh, on the on the movie that you, uh, with uh, Peter McCabe. Do you, you surf and travel much with Peter McCabe? No. Yeah, yes I, and no. I mean, yeah. we'd see him in Bali over those years. Yeah. The late seventies, early eighties for a couple of years. Yeah, we we're all up there. Um, so I'd run into him all the time and I'd surf with him a bit, Yeah. but, uh, he was with his group. He'd usually go to grudge again. Yeah. Have you been at G-Land? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you find First, that compared to, uh, Ulu's? Well, both way, Ulu, I only consider Ulu's when it's outside corner. I don't consider Ulu's as a very good way of otherwise. Yeah. Grudge again. Grudgingen, I don't really consider it that good a wave, even though everyone raves about it. It's not Nias, it's not Desert Point, it's mm-hmm. not not this perfect animal. I I think it's got to be low tide, eight to ten feet, mm-hmm. G land, and it's a damn good wave. Uh, if it was a right hander, I would sing its virtues it. a lot more. I'd be going, <laughs> fuck, this is a good wave. But lefts are overrated, Tyrone, you know. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I've always said this to a few mates of mine who love G-Land. Uh, if G-Land was a right, I would be there year after year. But yeah. uh, I also love my rights. And um, and I, I haven't been up yeah. to NIAS for, for ooh, three, four years now. Um, so tell me, first time to NIAS, how did you first hear about Lagundry? Oh, well, I was in Bali in 78 and I'd, you'd heard about, I'd heard about this mythical right-hander. Or well, 79, I'd heard. Um, believe it or not, um, the guy that discovered it, Geisel, there was a couple of them, uh, Peter Troy, Geisel, and uh, the guy who's alive. I've forgotten his name and I haven't met him. But Geisel lived two kilometres away from me. He was a... Broad Beach guy. I know his brother really well. Yeah. So I, they said, yeah, they didn't say much because he'd passed away. So it was quite a secret. Um, but, uh, yeah, just there was rumours. So I think I heard him in 79 and I knew that Geisel had passed away somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, like I said, it wasn't talked about, but, um, yeah. Did so you, I heard about it and I yeah. sniffed it. Yeah, the the journey there must have been pretty epic. Is uh, yeah, um, 
can imagine what it was like traveling um, from island to island and by road in Indonesia. I mean, it's a lot better now. <laughs> I don't know if you've been. It in... was a nightmare. Yeah, it would have been. My a first trip was a fucking nightmare. My Indonesian was quite good then. I, mm. I was learning. I'd, um, I'd been up there for quite a while. It was it was it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't really know where we we're going. We had to get a boat from Sibolga, which they used to call the asshole of the earth, it, it, and I would go with that. It, it still is the asshole of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we were we were on a boat trapped for a week. Well, I five six days. The guy pulled a gun on me in the end. That uh, and I didn't even know they had guns, but yeah, mm. he had a gun. The skipper we're trapped on. We're about two hours out of Sebolga, mm. and he wouldn't go back. And the, he said, "Oh, the swell's too big. Swell's too big." Now, I, look, safety first. I get it. Yeah. Just take us back to yeah. Sebolga, and we'll get on another boat. I'm yeah. watching him pull up in the channel and then go. Yeah. And they're not there in the morning, so they're going. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I'm not the safety first, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't pull us back. Now, what happened was, um, and it was stinking hot, and all we had was noodles to eat. It was a <laughs> nightmare for day after day, and I was with Dick Hool, myself, and two or- there was two orange people, and they're going, oh, peace, love, happiness. Cool, cool. <laughs> two orange people? Oh, God, going it was So they moved the boat, and some moron hadn't tied the anchor on. Mm. So... They just it just went sailing over the edge. So then they had to take us back because they didn't have an anchor and couldn't moor the boat because it was the channel was quite off this little island. It was, the current was really strong. Yeah. So um, yeah, we had to go back, and I told the guy, "You fucking idiots!" You know, I told you, you idiots, and in Indonesian, and I just I pushed him too far, and he's gone. You've you've you you did that. You um. You've untied the chain, you know. Oh, you've untied yeah. it to sail off. Said no, I didn't. No, I didn't. It wasn't yeah. me. Yeah. You know, you you want to be a better skipper or something? He's pulled a gun on me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Probably weren't expecting that, were you, mate? No, but you know, I it, think I said, "Fuck you! You got to go back now, you dickhead." If if what uh, I can rec- shouldn't use such words, but after yeah. a week of frying on an island, that's what you get. Yeah, eating noodles. I I do recall um, that stretch that that stretch of water between mainland Sumatra and Nias is is quite can be quite treacherous and I have heard of uh, ferries um, sinking and and all sorts. So you finally obviously first. made it there, and Tyrone. It took another week. It's a story in itself. If you want to hear it, I'll tell you. Yeah, it gives far away, mate. Okay, well, we got back to Sebolga and then got on the big cargo ship at the ship and it took us to to look uh, no to um Gunungan Stoli. Yep. And then we had to wait there for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um cuz then it really was a big swell and uh they the harbour master they'd stopped all the boats. So it's pretty heavy stuff with the only whiteies there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, stuck in Gunung and Stoli. It was just stunk like fish. They had all the fish drying out on the streets. Yeah. Quite different today. It's it's quite large. It was a lot smaller then. Yeah, I bet. Anyway, we waited a couple of days, then got on a boat round to uh, to look to Lam. But getting on the boat, I went and saw the harbour master and he gave me a ticket. I didn't know if it's uh, what it was. Mm-hmm. The ticket office said, you go see the harbour master. So we were lucky. People wanted to get back. Um, and the boat, they wouldn't overload it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, here we go. Our ticket's not going to mean anything, but it did. So one guy wouldn't get off, and there was an army guy there, and he pulled a gun on him and pistol whipped him. I've never seen two guns in a couple of days <laughs> in a week. And I don't think I've seen, I've seen a couple since, but, yeah, that was violent. I thought, fuck, Dick and I are looking at each other. Don't, fuck, yeah. it was, we thought, fuck, this is, I'm getting off. I don't, <laughs> I don't blame not, you. <laughs> anyway, he's gone, you're all right. And uh, it was a horrible scene. Anyway, we got, we made it. it took us, fuck, I don't know, 10 days. Cool, God. And so when you finally got down down there to, to Siraki Beach, um, anyone down there, any... Anyone there was a surfing? couple of guys, no one surfing. I surfed the first Arvo 10 feet by myself. Oh, God. And they all said, oh, we're surfed out. It's been unreal for fucking oh. long. <laughs> oh. So 
it was probably four or five guys. Back then, we stayed in the village in the bay mm-hmm. near the uh, near the machine. Yeah, where the yeah the left. where the wave is in the bay, which mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore since the earthquake. That's but, right. Uh, that's that's where you stayed. So mm-hmm. we were in there. So it's a fair it's walk. Safe. It's a fair walk up then, isn't it? If you're saying oh yeah, machine. Heaps. yeah. So you know, you go out once. You don't go out. You just take some food, and uh, yeah, go out there and stay as long as you can. Come back. It's only a, a one surf or you know two. Yeah, you don't. It's a long walk. Yeah, I know it's a long walk. What what boards? What board? How many boards did you take with you to that trip on that trip? I usually used to take two boards. That first, that first one, I think I had a six four and a six eight. Sing, singles or singles? The thrusters weren't in. Yeah, yeah. Have thrusters. And um, but yeah, go ahead, mate. Go sorry. Well, thrusters come on the scene pretty quick. I think a year later they had thrusters, but then that first trip never never seen one. Were you riding twins at all? I didn't like twins no? myself. No, no. Um, so thrusters, I think, came in oh, what in the eighties sometime. Eighty, eighty something or other. Simon, nineteen eighty, maybe eighty one. Yeah, yeah. And so oh, I tell you what, these days. Um, Having this yourself, ten foot, um, Pierre would have been unbelievable back then. Uh, my last trip, uh, for some reason, um, well, I know why. Neos has come on the radar over the last probably five, six, seven, eight years, um, and then it's just been bombarded with people. Um, it seemed to be the new hot spot. Yeah, um, I, I've witnessed it. I was, I did get it last. Last year, pretty good, but I just looked at it for a week. I couldn't. I just go. I can't go out there. It's too crowded, and the locals were out of control. Just straight up the inside every time. Yeah, not yeah. making a wave. Yeah, yeah. But persevered, and it got eight feet, maybe ten feet, eight to ten, a couple of days in a row. Certainly eight, and um, it's only a handful of people out. I got got lucky. It was so. Uh, was this yeah, last, was, just last year. Yeah, and so I had a good trip. It ended up. I was pretty excited, but I'd nearly given up, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say. So, yeah, so the wave back in the late 70s, early 80s, and the wave now, what's better? Has the wave got better or is it worse? Or what's your take on it? My take? Well, not many people would know, but you can take this with a grain of salt, but uh I think it was better in the past when it was bigger. Mm. It was way better, right? Because um, it was more perfect. If you know, how do you compare? It's still perfect, but yeah. it had an inside bowl, right? And now it has an inside bowl, but it, it's a bit different. It can be over here or over there. It was just one spot you could put a string line on it. Yeah. So, but now it'll break at five, six feet, five feet, six feet, it'd be unreal and mm. doubling up mm-hmm. on the on the right direction, the right swell if it has enough power. Mm. So it's better now that it's, when it's smaller, but bigger, I just the, the old Neos, you might wait a year for it to be right or get that right swell, but when it hit it right, the right direction, oh, it was bullshit. It was that perfect. It was, and scary. You know, it's barrels spitting, it's the only place I've had, except for Hawaii, where a barrel spit and sting your face for half an hour later. <laughs> and scary, like that inside, you think, fuck, I'm going to die here. Yeah. <laughs> there's no hospitals. There's no – it was exciting. Yeah. I, I went there before the earthquake and there was no swell. And so I went after and came back. And obviously I didn't really have any anything to go by, whether it was better or worse. Um, one thing I straight away noticed, it's – the takeoff spot is what I got told is after the earthquake, it's a lot more um, compact. Everyone's sort of in the same sort of spot, whether you're sitting out a little bit in the inside, in the middle. And no, it's always pretty tight, but you'd get wide ones, so you could sit wider on the inside and pick them off on the inside. You still can, but they'd really swing. Yeah. How far up the point would you surf? Oh look, I, geez, you had 
coconut trees you're going off of, who knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you didn't really have any Losmans or any uh, restaurants yeah, had to line yourself up side, with. Yeah, it was a bit different. There was a coconut tree on the end and a Losman <laughs> for quite a few years in the end, which washed away. It, every year you'd go back, and, and even today, every year you go back, it's evolving and changing and growing. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So do you try to get up to Indo most years? Yeah, most years. So I I had a search on YouTube and I've noticed you've been up to the Bunyaks a little bit. Um, yeah. So was, was that last year as well? Yeah. No, I've been probably the last six or seven years I've been going to the Bunyaks and Nias. Um, I did a boat trip a few years ago and we didn't really get much swirl, but we did stop in at... Um, I can talk about Indo because it's so crowded. Treasure, Treasure Island. Um, I like treasures. It, it looked like, like treasures. had so much potential. Quite gnarly and sharp. Um, yeah. But it was our last day. So have you got that wave good? Yeah, heaps of times. Yeah. Look, that's the wave. It's a good wave. There's other good waves, but that's you'd call that the premier wave. Have you done much time in the Tallows? No, no time at all. Yeah, Tallows is pretty good. So with Bunyaks, you, t- you seem to need a fair bit of swell f- um, in that in that area, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's two. F- you need it two foot. You need two foot under Nias. So if Nias is eight foot, it's six foot. You want Nias eight foot. Yeah. And then it's six foot out there, and six foot plenty. You don't really want it any bigger. Yeah. Treasures won't handle anything over about six feet. Yeah. Hey, um, just on another another location, you mentioned you've been. Oh, to... hold on. I better I better plug the Sariti that I go on. I'll yeah, plug it, mate. Plug it because we got we got a few people that listen to this. Yeah, give us a plug, yeah. mate. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Suzuki, Japanese guy. He's been up there for years, um, and the boat's called the Sariti. Right, and they've been good to me. It's good fun. I love it. Absolutely love it. I was going this year, but. I, you can't go anywhere if the airports are closed. And to be honest, if this um, if this coronavirus up there, it could be just devastating. It yeah. could be as you don't want to be there. It could be you know could kill a million people. I know, I know. Yeah, I was in Sumbawa uh, about a month ago. I just went for a week, and I just got back before this all yeah escalated. Um, but to, yeah, Sariti. Um, so that's a, I take it that's a boat. That's a yacht charter business. Yeah, that's a boat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what does it hold? Like eight, eight or ten people? And I think it'll hold twelve. But I think they like ten. They call it surfbanyak.com. Right. Or you can look up that website. Yeah, we'll, that's how you do it. We'll have to do a trip one time. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so you mentioned um, Hawaii before. Uh, when did you get first go to Hawaii? Were you going there just as a free surfer or were you going there for contests or what were you – when did you go over there first? 1980 was my first trip. I went there as a free surfer. I didn't go in contests. I just want to have a, want to have a look. Yep. And I went for four months. Wow, that's a long time. Um, and did you go with anyone or just went over by yourself? Um, I went with Joey. Oh. Oh, excuse me. Do you need to, um, need to grab a beer? I had a sip of water and it went down the wrong way. <laughs> um, I hope it's not coronavirus. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I, Joey met, well, Joey was supposed to meet me over there and he was in a contest that day. And his mate was supposed to pick me up there, up at the airport. So mm. I wait two hours in the airport don't have a phone number, don't have an address. So I get a limo. <laughs> a limo? And the guy goes, where are you going? You go, oh, the North Shore. Is it far? He said, oh, no, not far. So the, it's, it's 60 bucks or something to bill. Yeah. That's US, probably a fair bit of money, of money back then. Back then, a lot of money. And I go, oh, you better take me to a bank. So he takes me to the bank. And all I know is the place where we're staying is right at sunset. He's going, oh, what's sunset look like? I don't know. You tell me you're a wine. So um, I just know it's in front of the break. So I look look where I figure the front of the break is and go down an alley. And um, I ran into Randy Rarick, luckily, and he said, oh, no, he's just next door. Yeah. Well, it was Randy Rarick's girlfriend. How did you know Randy Rarick from 
from Ah, uh, look, from it, was his girl, it might have been his girlfriend. Someone, it was Randy's house. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. And I didn't even know who Randy was, but I do, like, after staying next door for a long time, I yeah. do. Um, yeah, that was interesting. So I'm glad I found the place. And the guy said, oh, you know, sorry about that. Oh, I got the wrong time. And, oh, fucking great. So you were staying, <laughs> staying right in front of Sunset on the beach, sure? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, was, it was a great spot to stay. So you were there for the Hawaiian winter? Yeah. Oh, so you say 1980. Yeah. So um, where did you oh, – I take it you surfed Sunset a lot? It was – just let me see – it was eighty into eighty one. Yeah. So was it in you know after Christmas uh, New Year's it came eighty one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I surf sunset heaps. I love. Oh well, it'd kill me now. I'm too old and <laughs> walrus like. But um, fuck yeah, I love sunset. It's um, it it looks very challenging to surf, you know. And just from listening to people surf sunset, you you just got to know the wave. Um, how did you how did you find it? And did anyone sort of uh, sort of teach you the lineups and where to sit and all that, or you just went so and figured was, it out yourself? I was I was very fortunate. I was told all the lineups and told again and again. You know, when it's twelve to fifteen, this is where you line up. When it's this is what they do. This this is exactly this and never do this and yeah. so i was very fortunate so i was coached into it um from um buddy mccray a one-arm knee boarder he oh, lived there yeah classic. and uh thank you very much buddy it um yeah so it was good but buddy used to wake me up in the morning mm. and joe ingle and go come on you're up get up you'd be exhausted and this is on light yeah and uh he'd go it's big no one's out Going fuck! Is this the day I'm going to die? And he, it's you know that's sort of running through my head. And yeah. he'd go, Joey's already up. I find out later after talking to Joey a year or two later, Joey he'd go into Joey and go, Thornton's already up. Get up! <laughs> like every day, day after day, we we were really exhausted, and you need to sleep in once. But yeah, yeah, he played with our brains, but it was good for our brains. Yeah, close. a one arm knee border, did you say? Yeah. Wow. How... He lost it from cancer. Wow. Just to even, yeah. Wow, that's that's impressive surfing sunset. Um, no, he'd only surf it up to about eight or ten feet. Yeah. Eight feet. Good on But you. I can understand why he had no, no his ribs, if he fell on it, hit his ribs or yeah. he had no shoulder protection, they cut all that out. Yeah. And so, so it was pretty brave being out there, I oh, think. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, what was the localism like back then? Uh, it was right at the height of the most dangerous, serious. They'd freaked out the year before mm. with Rabbit and everyone and go home Aussies. Yeah. Um, I that look the Hawaiians are pretty good people. They're nice. Um, I remember Mike Latronic. You know, you meet all the guys, and Ingle had been there the year before, and maybe the year before that. Uh, so he knew them all, so I, I'd get introduced to them. But Mike Latronic, smart ass, he'd go in the water. He's not a smart ass, but all good. Yeah. We're all young. He'd go, oh, Thornton, and try and make me talk. And Ingle used to say, never open your mouth. Don't talk to them because they <laughs> tell you you've got an Aussie accent. So just don't, just uh, smile and yeah. paddle on. Yeah. Oh, prick, he used to pin me all the time. It was good fun. It was good fun. But, yeah, I tried not to talk in the water yeah. because they'd know you're an Aussie. Right. And if you were an and Aussie? you were a target. Oh, okay. As in? Nothing like being burnt on a fucking West Peak when it's 15 feet. Oh. That, <laughs> Just that... buried. So you said, like, a couple of years before it was a pretty tough time um, for Aussies. What? Why is that? Oh, the previous year. Oh, look, there was – I forget. You have a there's a busting down the door. I think it's a movie. I think that talks about it. I'm not. I think that's the movie um, with Rabbit. But there was some bad negative publicity. Someone had said the wrong thing in Australia, and it was uh, in an Australian newspaper, and it was sent back to the Hawaiians, and they got the shits, and yeah. um, and they turned, and the Aussies were, you know, they're aggressive and. Or we were seen as that, and uh, 
yeah, it just exploded. Yeah, right. Luckily, you didn't get into any any problems, though. No, I did. Well, one guy tried to hurt me one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Oh, look, it was fun. Yeah. I remember it, even for the Hawaiians, it um, even them if they were white, like. I use Mike Latronic's name again. Mike um, went to school at Sunset. Mm. He's a local kid. Now, we went to, oh, I don't know, Wyanai or somewhere, I don't even know, out of town, 20, 30 minutes to the movie theatre. And uh, he goes, don't look at him in the eyes. You know, we've got to walk the streets. Yeah. And Ingle would go, hi, hi, how you going? Hi. <laughs> you know, I'm going, hi. He's going, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't. He was so shit scared. Yeah, right. Yep. And it's his area. He's grown up. He's a kid grown up there. Yeah, okay. So was, it was quite heavy. Was Dane Kealoa, was he that era? Like, um, that's one of the yes. more, more intimidating yes. Hawaiians? Look, I, I've, I have a lot of time for Dane Kealoa. I don't know him really, but. His surfing ability, and I see him out there. I think he's a great, one of the great surfers. Yeah. Um, and probably not talked about enough, but yeah, what a great surfer that guy is. And he was—he's never a big guy. He was never intimidating to me. Yeah. He's always fine. Yeah. Usually, the guys that you think are intimidating aren't the ones. It's the it's the runty, smaller one with attitude. <laughs> yeah, you know you're probably right actually, because the, the the known guys just don't need to be. Um, yeah, yeah. And did you um, surf pipe much? No, not much. But I have surfed pipe. How'd you find big pipe? Pipes. Did you get backdoor, or were you surfing just traditional pipe? No, it was pipe? too big for backdoor. Um, it. Um, how'd I find it? Scared the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, I bet. It scared the shit out of most people. Yeah, 12 to 15 feet, had some north in it. It wasn't perfect pipe, and there was no one surfing. They surfed Waimea. Wow. And uh, I met a guy in, uh, Chris Lundy, I met him in Bali, and I was surfing Badang. And I paddled out, and he said, I'm going in. I said, don't leave me out here, mate. Don't, don't. <laughs> I don't want to surf it by myself. It's eight feet, and it's getting a bit low. I don't want to hit my head, or can you just hang in for a bit? Yeah. I only want to get a couple of waves. <laughs> He's going, oh, fuck, you know, and I took it on. got some good barrels. Yeah. Going, you take one. He's going, no, I'm not fucking taking one. So long story short, he ends up being one of the big pipe surfers. I didn't know. Oh, wow. So he rings me up and I think, fuck, if I don't go out there, I, you know, I'm going, mate, I don't want to go out there. It's, I don't know. He said, no, you're fine. Yeah. You surf Padang like that, fucking no worries. You, you're out there. Classic. So he paddles me out there and fuck, it was big. Yeah. And just as big as it gets and really full on strong. Who, what, a, what a day! Who, <laughs> in your recollection of that day, do you, who were the sort of the standouts? Do you remember? Um, like Hawaiian. Tommy stand- was out there. Tommy Carroll in the end. I don't know if there was any standout. Uh, who's the? Um, was Jerry Lopez. Pretty no, prominent? Jerry wasn't out there, and I know Jerry well. Um, Did you say Tommy uh, Carroll? What's that? Did you say Tommy Carroll before? Yeah, Tommy was out there and Tommy was doing good. Um, oh, look, it was survival. Yeah. No one was doing that good. <clears throat> was there any um, contests on during that time with there? There would have been, huh? Yeah, no, I watched a few of them. Yeah, it was a normal season. I forget what the contests were. They, they generally have one at Pipe, don't they, and then one at Sunset? Yeah, I watched the Pipe Masters. Um I can't. Oh God, I can't even remember who won. I yeah. don't think it was that big. Yeah, uh, I know Mr. had some success, and probably Rabbit probably did pretty well. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think so. Four months in Hawaii would have been a yeah. Um, great that was time. great experience. Great experience. And what boards were you? Were you still riding the single fins when you hit Hawaii? I was riding single fins in Hawaii. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, I, that was 80, 81. So thrusters hadn't come in. They weren't invented yet, yeah. I don't think. Everyone was on singles. Singles, wow. Do you, do you still ride the single now? What's your preference board now? Like, do you, Is it just a three-fin board for you or do you, do you get onto the single every now and then? I No, I don't get onto a single. I used to, but I don't. I just ride a thruster. I've actually been on channel bottoms of late. 
Yeah, I do have one. I have a seven six that I like that's a flat bottom, soft egg. Yeah, classic. And um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, we were talking about Indo the, uh, in, in the sort of late 70s and 80s. I watched a documentary a while ago. It was um, it was about the founding of G-Land, the story of Mike Boyer. Oh, yeah. And I'm not, not sure if you've seen it. Have you watched The Sea of Darkness? <clears throat> yeah, I have. It's um, it, oh, I don't probably need to tell you all about it, but... Um, yeah, obviously. Look, I was there. I was living there. I knew all the players. I didn't know Kidgy. He's and, and yeah, that's a little bit of yeah. I don't know what to think about it, but um, yeah, I knew them all. It's um, I, I guess it was a bit of an eye opener. It was quite intriguing to watch because I guess it had a lot of the major players in the surf industry um, that are still are probably involved in the surf industry now, but. It all of a sudden it sort of vanished. I'm not sure if you can actually still if it's actually released, but um, I don't think it's released. So they're pirate copies. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I think they were threatened. I don't know who threatened them with a lawsuit, but uh, that I could mention some names, but I'm not going. No, you don't need to talk. You don't don't need to mention any yeah. names. But um, they said that Bali was the best place on earth in 1975. It was. Uh, Obviously, um, it was flooded, flooded in drugs. Um, people smuggling drugs, trying to make some money, and, and then hope, and and then in turn uh, they'll go surfing. Um, yeah, Martin Daly, uh, I think he, he was in it, and um, Bruce. Yeah, he was in it. Look, he he turned up later in the piece. He wasn't there in the earlier piece. Yeah. He was eighty-one or two. He turned up. Um, I was there. Look, uh, 79, they blacklisted Boyham. So we went into Grudgigan for three weeks and stayed there, which was quite good. The waves, it wasn't a, such a good trip, but there were six of us there for three weeks, uh, or six or seven of us. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was only four feet. Yeah. Oh, maybe eight foot one day. It was sad, but Boyham had been blacklisted. And then after that, I think they... Oh, at some stage they knocked down his camp. It was all rebuilt. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a world of corruption, and he he um, started it. He was Poem was the first guy I think to start the surf camp thing at, where you paid big land? bucks. Yeah. Yeah, around the world. Mm. You know, later you had Fiji, Tavarua, but he was the original surf camp entrepreneur. Yeah, right. He seemed to quite a colourful. Um person you know yeah he was an interesting character he was a fitness freak of a sort mm. he was always in his running shoes and running they'd run him mccabe and jerry or whoever he was with uh they'd run out to ulu's and then run on to badang they're <laughs> all into their fitness which is all good yet at the same time apparently he used to grow his own mushrooms and um eat them and he was quite a Quite a character, I don't know, a drug fiend character. Yeah. He was always nice to me. I, I, he, he was always nice to me. So he wasn't a big guy. He was a pimply-faced kind of guy. He wasn't mm. any any um, woman killing. He might have been, but any yeah. he wasn't a Hollywood actor looked like that or anything. Yeah. Because he's nearly bigger than, uh, bigger. you know, he's quite a name in the, surf scene back then yeah yeah he seemed to be and uh yeah unfortunately went i think he went missing i think in the philippines I, i'm not sure whether yeah. they uh how how he disappeared or how he died or um apparently it was shiagao the where cloud nine is yeah. that island yeah and i think he might have fasted and i don't know he wasted away i'm not i i i've been told i've forgotten because it was quite a few years ago yeah it, uh, a mate of mine was one of the pioneer guys there. Well, I think Boyum might have been. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah. So, G-Land, you said you were there for three weeks? Um, oh, in 79. 79. So, there was one, there was a, so Mike Boyum had a camp. So, you, you were saying at his camp then? Yes. And, and well, it was pretty rough. When I say camp, it was tree, kind of huts. Yeah, right. So you had to bring your own food in and yeah, water. Right. That would have been a, so no beer at that that stage. 
No, didn't drink beer really then, didn't care. No, yep, yep, don't blame it. And and uh, what surfers were with you at that time? Was Jerry Lopez and... No, I did and... it with a local guy from here, um, Jeff Walters, mm. um, and myself, an American surfer, Steve Spaulding and his girlfriend mm. and a... Um, Another guy, he was a school teacher, used to live up there. Yeah. Oh, and Ton Deacon. Right. I can't remember the American guy's name. Might have been Tom someone. Um, yeah, that was all. Of, that was that was it. it. It would have been, yeah, it would have been amazing. Um, I mean, I, I, I still really enjoy going there, even though it's a lot of people surf there, but it's just something about, you know, being in that national park and, just this huge, big, vast stretch of reef, and mm. I can imagine what it was like back, back in the early early eighties. Yeah, no, all good. I mean, the next time I went back there, I don't know, it was eighty one. Was with Mitchell Ray, um, and Katut Mender. Oh yeah, quite a few of us. Rex Payton. Um, yeah, that was a good trip. It was eight to ten feet. It was pretty damn good. Got good. Yeah, classic. Katut Mender, um, he's one of the uh, yeah more more better uh, Balinese surfers. Um, he's definitely one of the more colourful ones and a great surfer. Yeah, and a great guy. Yeah, um, got it all happening. Classic. Yeah. So, mate, um, how's your how's your how's your family? How's your kids going? Kids are good. Kids are in Ecuador. Matt and Jordan. Wow. So they're locked down. Uh, airports are closed, borders are closed. Ooh. So they're there for quite a while. So they, they were just on happy. a, they were just traveling or they're there like for a long period of time? They were there on a surf trip and I don't know. I thought they're going to country jump, but they're there. Right. But they're okay? <clears throat> yeah. No, they're pretty happy. Waves are, waves are good. <laughs> Keep waves up. are good and I think they're surfing by themselves, but. They they could get themselves in trouble. They are young, and yep. uh, you know there is you're not supposed to be surfing, but they're in the country, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and they they're sneaking past the coppers, and no one they haven't got themselves in trouble yet, but they're about to because they went surfing nude the other day. <laughs> and they, <laughs> what can you say? They said, oh, "Jesus, a good right point, Dad, to Ripper and." We, um, yeah, actually, they didn't tell me personally. My uh, sis, my uh, daughter's boyfriend told me that they went surfing nude because they're the only, only ones there and it was pretty good. So they thought right. because they could, they would. <laughs> As you so, do. Uh, there is quite a do. few countries have banned, banned surfing. Um, so, yeah, well, I hope they're going to be okay. And, um, well, I hope get, so too, yeah, but with an I, attitude like that, I God know, help it's, them. It's, uh, surfing nude in a foreign country during a lockdown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, as you do, as you do, Tyron. All the best to them. All right, mate, I think I've uh, taken up enough of your time on this Sunday afternoon. Um, it's, it's, okay. it's been a Good long time between drinks. Your... Good luck with the coronavirus and to all your listeners. Good luck because... This is quite serious. It's not right now for us, but it could get very serious. Yeah, good words of advice there. Um, you take care, mate. It's been great to talk to you, and hopefully uh, one day I'll uh, I'll get over your way or vice versa. Come and visit. Yeah, always okay. always love to visit. All right, mate. See you, okay, cheers. cheers, mate. Bye. Bye.